Hello, everyone. This is the Forward Thinking Podcast with CS2. I'm Xander Brothel, Director of Marketing Operations, and joining me today is Grant Booth, Senior Salesforce Consultant for CS2. Hey, Grant. Welcome. Hey, Thanks Xander. so much for joining. Hey, thanks for having me on. So excited to uh, to have you be a part of the podcast. Uh, this is, I believe, your first yeah, time that's on right. this one. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, how's time. the day going? Uh, it's going pretty well. Um, yeah, I've got plenty of things on my plate. Excited to dive back into some customer projects, uh, awesome. but looking forward to this appearance and talking about this subject. Yeah, it's a really important subject that we're going to be talking about today. Um, it is actually going to be a two-part podcast um, where we are talking about tackling technical debt. Um, today, we're going to be focusing on the business side of things. How do we get this as a prioritized project? Because I think that's what probably the most people that are listening to, <laughs> they all understand that they have technical debt, but they need to get it taken care of and they need to get it something that is going to be prioritized. Um, so Grant, you've done a fantastic job on this with some clients, and I'm looking forward to some of the advice here. Um, and then we will be doing a follow-up episode uh, where we're actually going to go into some projects and, and really roll up our sleeves and and get into some of the details, right? That's right. That's fantastic. But hey, before we jump into the topic at hand, um, you know, this is the first time that you're on the podcast. I know our listeners always love to get to know who is uh, joining us. So just let us know, how did you get started in Salesforce Consulting? Absolutely. Um, so I started off my career in tech uh, back at Marketo Support, gosh, 10 years ago something along those lines, maybe a little more. Um, and I became a specialist in the Salesforce integration there. I uh, got Salesforce certified. I uh, worked on their premier support team with uh, major customers being their like named support engineer, their like go-to person who would jump in and uh, tackle whatever issues, technical or kind of more business side that they might be facing uh, and just make sure that they were really empowered to use Marketo to the best of its abilities. And from there, I moved into Marketo administration and then into Salesforce administration and stuck with that for quite a while and then came here to CS2. Awesome. Uh, what what drew you to CS2? How did you kind of oh, Allison, that on your radar? Uh, <laughs> I was excited to work with Allison again. Absolutely. That was a, a critical factor for me. And I think I was also... Uh, looking forward to expanding uh, my knowledge with a bigger tool stack. I think I'd gotten maybe a little bit complacent in having been in-house for going on five years at the time. And I was excited for a new challenge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you get to see so many different environments. You you see more than I do. Um, <laughs> you can only imagine how you keep yeah, everything straight, but that's awesome. <laughs> Very good. Well, Grant, welcome. Um, it's fun. It's fun having that that support background. That's something that I have as well. Um, I wasn't working in Martech. I was working more on the like data backup side of mm -hmm. of business. Um, but you know, working support, you see all of the the good and the bad of applications. So I know it's been really helpful to have you on the team when there's like a really detailed question and you can be like, Well, I remember back in the day. Yeah. I don't know if it's still this way, but at least <laughs> this, this one. <laughs> so it did work. 
this one annoying case that wouldn't die. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Still well, up there. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> um, so let's jump into the topic at hand. Uh, again, today we are talking about technical debt. Um, before we, you know, get too much into the weeds, give us just an overview. Like, how do you define technical debt? So I would define technical debt as being architecture in your software stack in your business environment that um, is either no longer optimized or no longer necessary and is hindering future growth. Excellent. And, and is that uh, is that anywhere? Just about, yeah. I mean, I, I obviously in my my focus on things, I'm focused on Salesforce especially. But obviously, uh, Salesforce connects into all sorts of places, and often the problems that you're seeing arise in Salesforce could very well be rooted in another in another system. And uh, fixing those problems means working across teams in multiple systems clarifying how things are getting used uh, and making sure. sure that it can be changed or turned off and so on. Excellent. Excellent. So, you know, I, I think that we all face technical debt, no matter how large or small you are, you know, I'm working with a mm -hmm. client right now. It's, it's kind of like fresh and new, but they still have technical debt. It might just be smaller than, you know, an organization that's been using their Salesforce instance for call it five, 10 years. Um, but everybody's going to face it in some capacity. How have you seen it like impact our clients? Do you have any examples of just like where it's been really bad? Yes. Without giving names, obviously, <laughs> giving but names, just some no. scenarios that we might all be familiar with. Oh yeah. No, I'm not going to do any name dropping, uh, not airing anybody's dirty laundry. And, and the fact is, uh, you may be looking over your Salesforce environment or your Marketo environment or a, a variety as they're hooked together and be thinking, wow, this is awful. We must be so much worse than everybody else. Um, odds are, I mean, you might be. <laughs> <laughs> odds are it's actually pretty standard, though, because it's just an inevitable part of having an old organization. Um, you know, old, old like Salesforce instance. And it's it's unavoidable. It's uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean that things were done wrong. It could just mean that um, it was done with the best tools available at the time, and now those tools have changed. Uh, it could be that it was done in a way that worked great for your organization, given the size it was at the time. I mean, running an organization of ten people is much different from running an organization of a thousand people, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and there's processes, automation, structures that work great for a small team that are going to start falling apart with a big team. Um, and you have to, to redesign and rework those. And it's it's a job. Absolutely. And sometimes that old stuff gets in the way. Yeah. Often the old stuff gets in the Oftentimes way. Oftentimes <laughs> it does. Um, you know, if, if if I'm a listener that's like not in the weeds, right? I'm I'm mm -hmm. I'm not going into logs. I'm not seeing specific error messages, but I'm trying to figure out like how 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 is this actually impacting me? Why is it a big deal? Um, you know, are there any key processes that you've seen break down because of technical debt? Uh, sometimes, well. Really, any project that involves adding new fields, which is like every project, right? Um, yep. <laughs> and 
it, it all depends, right? Uh, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> but there are, of course, hard limits in Salesforce. Uh, like there's there's the kind of gradual changes that can accumulate over time and start to slow things down and get in the way. But then uh, Salesforce and most systems will have hard limits of some kind. So they might have a limit on the number of custom fields, for example, that are not uh, part of an installed package. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you reach that limit, it won't let you create new ones. Sure. And so you have to go through and identify ones that you can delete. And uh, deleting a field sounds really simple <laughs> on the surface, but in practice uh, can be pretty difficult. And, and so, why is that? For example, well, suppose uh, you started off with a small org and you just made everybody a system admin Oof. because there were only like five of you. Yep. <laughs> and none of you really knew how to use Salesforce anyways. You were flying by the seat of your pants, so to speak. And so... Um, just let everybody have free reign, and that worked. That worked fine at the time. You're a small, growing business. Uh, you needed that flexibility. That ability to move fast was absolutely critical. Sure. Uh, flash forward a few years, you get funded. You're a 100-person company. Everybody's still still a system admin. Uh, if somebody looks for a field and doesn't find what they're looking for, uh, but maybe they were searching for like a different word that means the same thing, yeah. right? Uh, and then they just create a new field. They're like, oh, I guess this doesn't exist. I'll just make it. Uh, you pretty quickly start to have an accumulation of things that were meant to do the same thing. And odds are maybe none of them actually have the right data in them. Yes. Or one of them does, but the others don't. And then somebody in finance is pulling it onto a report when it doesn't do what they expected to, what they thought it does. <laughs> and then pretty soon you have a, a business critical um, problem happening. Absolutely. I know, I know I was working uh, with a client and their technical debt problem was we kept on running into sync issues. And so, you know, we would, we would upload a list from within Pardot and that process would take hours. I'm talking like three hours to upload a hundred people to the yeah. system because every time that they went to go sync over into Salesforce, they would fail. So then you'd have to like take right. the difference and then bring those people in and then it would fail and then bring the difference in. And it was, it was painful. Um, and their, their marketing ops team was spending their entire time just doing list uploads. So, you know, we'll go right. into some of the details on how we can clean that up, but ultimately, uh, through some partnerships, um, we were working with the with the client and another agency who was working like kind of through cleaning this up for them um and ultimately we got all of the process builders moved into flows and then those errors nice. really started to go away and now you're using the system how you were designing or, or how you were intending on using it of i want to do a list upload of 100 people and it takes me five minutes not three hours right <laughs> and that's uh that's the gist of the project that, that I've done for some of our clients cool. now. Uh, and that is one of the most uh, frustrating things as an admin that you can run into. is like you're trying to complete a project and you need to, say, mass update all of your existing opportunities with this new field that was added so that it makes sense yeah. historically. Uh, but then if you try to update more than two opportunities at a time, it fails. Sure. Because if an operation is taking too long in Salesforce, then it will 
block it from happening and roll back your changes. And then you have to keep trying smaller and smaller sizes. And it's just a really frustrating experience. Um, and it can make things take two, three, four times as long as, as you might expect. And it really becomes a yeah. time suck, not just for Salesforce admins, but for other teams. teams. Well. So, so and go ahead. I was just going to add that, um, that same effect, it doesn't just hit you as a, uh, like as an admin who, or an ops person who's doing imports, but it also impacts your integrations mm -hmm. and can mean things are just flat out failing. And you might not even realize it if you're ignoring the alerts going to, uh, to whatever inbox is associated with that user. Yeah. So it could very well mean the data just isn't syncing over to Salesforce at all in some cases because it fails when it tries. And I think that that's the crux of the conversation that we want to have today. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, I think that all admins are feeling this pain. All people who are kind of working within the systems are feeling this pain. But I know for me, it was really difficult to try when I was in house to get it prioritized, right? Because at the end of the day, if, if you're building your business right. case saying, it's costing me three hours every time that I do a list upload, a CFO who's trying to figure out like, where do we prioritize our time and energy isn't going to look at saving you an individual person three hours a day or, you know, whatever that time savings might be. That's a tough sell. Um, but there are some, there are some like very large problems that can impact customer experience. You know, we kind of talk about this with the revenue growth architecture, right? All of this technical debt is surrounding building out the right customer experience, building out the right processes. So that way we make sure that all of our, uh, all of our sales transactions are smooth and easy to execute, ultimately bringing in more revenue. Um, so, you know, if you could help us understand Grant, like what are some key areas that we can leverage to try and build that business case to get something like this prioritized? Well, as with any project, if you don't have some analytics to back up its results, then uh, it's pretty tough to justify the time spent on it and the resources dedicated yeah. to it, right? Um, and for a lot of companies, they might not have, uh, especially smaller companies, you might not have like an advanced admin or a developer in-house. And especially if you have, say, some old Apex code or a lot of old Apex code, and you don't have a developer on your uh, like business applications or RevOps team uh, to actually look into that and try to reverse engineer what's going on and update it and replace it, then, then it'll really... Uh, it could mean that you have to go to say an agency or an outside contractor of some kind to actually mm -hmm. do that work. And if you're doing that, then you really need to to find a way to justify it and make sure that whoever's the decision maker that gets the say on that budget um, believes that it's worth it and that you can show them the value after the fact yeah. as well. And so in my own experience as an admin, we all knew it was a problem and every admin team knows that it's a problem old fields, old automation, you start hitting limits, things are slow, there's errors that pop up and it, you know that it's like, you just feel in your soul that there's like some <laughs> sort of death by a thousand cuts situation yes. happening, right? <laughs> um, but how do you show that? And how do you communicate it to somebody who doesn't know the tool? And that's where it gets hard. 
and I think it's good to to meet with your team and uh, brainstorm some ways that you could actually measure that impact. So a key one that I focused on was the time necessary to do an upload. Okay. Uh, so as I went through and was overhauling automation for a customer, replacing old automation, I won't really dive into the details of what we replaced and why right now. We'll save that for another time. But replacing old automation with newer, properly architected and, and more efficiently designed automation using the newer tools in Salesforce. Uh, I first backed up their Salesforce instance to a developer okay. sandbox. And I had one developer sandbox that I left untouched. So a copy of their Salesforce that I just didn't actually change anything in. And then I made another developer sandbox, uh, another copy that I was actually doing my work in and staging things in uh, and preparing it to move into production from there. But that gave me a like snapshot in time of what the Salesforce instance was like before yeah. I started that I could then compare to afterwards. And I ran test imports. Okay. I, uh, I built test data, set up a, some spreadsheets, say, to import 50 opportunities or 25 opportunities, something like that. If I tried to do more, it would fail. So... <laughs> It's you good. Know. I mean, it, it, it's a part of the um, benchmark, right? It's a part of saying, this is my baseline and this is yeah. what we're going to improve. Right. And uh, this this is something, and there was other analysis I did that you need a little bit more uh, specialization in. But for this particular test, I just did imports of that test data. I'd import it, run a timer on my cell phone to see how long it took, delete the data, import it again. I did that like five times so that I'd have a somewhat reliable average to work with. Um, yeah, statisticians out there might might disagree with the, <laughs> with the accuracy of, of that, but <laughs> but I wasn't going to spend all no, day testing, no, right? <laughs> um, and it was certainly enough to, to show, for example, like for one customer, we uh, decreased the time that it took to say, import 200 leads by 60%. Amazing. So able to show on, say, a slide that could be presented to uh, to leadership, we decreased the time that it took to insert data by 60%. And did you, did you relate that to any, like, business outcomes or anything like that? Uh, I think so... There's a number of different ways that that can actually tie into your business. Uh, from a user experience, it's everything was running slower and now it's running faster. Um, especially if you're an admin and you're actually doing these in, these big imports where those inefficiencies scale up yeah. really fast. And you really feel it when you're, say, importing thousands of records or updating thousands of records as opposed to your day-to-day -day Salesforce user who's just updating like one record at a time, they don't really feel that so much. Um, the, the biggest business case is if you were hitting errors in Salesforce, CPU limit errors, uh, that were due to all that old inefficient automation. Um, and that it doesn't just mean that your inbox is getting harassed with alerts. Uh, it means that data is failing. For example, leads might be failing to have their status updated from 
something, you know, engaged to marketing qualified or something like that. Kind of a big deal for your business. Uh, how much money is lost as a result? Well, you can't really measure that. Sure. Um, with with the right resources in a study, maybe somebody could speculate. You could speculate it, degree, maybe but... utilizing like your average conversion <laughs> yeah. rates or things like that that you could ultimately kind of get to a business case. Um, but I like that. Right. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, yes, it is the admin that's that's getting impacted the most from a time perspective but you have a lot of people that are relying on you right like when you're when you're spending three hours doing a list upload (laughs) you have a a marketer who has already told the field hey this this event happened your 50 leads are going to show up in your queue you have the salesperson who's ready to go ready to start doing outbound against that list they're asking the marketer the marketer is asking you you are soaking up time from all of those people. It's not just yeah. the single admin. And I think painting that story mm-hmm. can, can really help to build the business case. You know, I kind of gave the example of a CFO may not necessarily see saving three hours for a single person as a time savings and worth the, worth the investment. But if they are looking at it at a grander scale and they're saying, mm-hmm. well, there's a bunch of salespeople that are blocked. There's a marketer that's blocked. There's this that's blocked. That's point A. Point B is it's three hours that you're not working on actual move the needle projects. You know, a list upload is the thing that should be Mm -hmm. like, I start my day, I do a quick list upload, and now I'm going and improving the business. And instead you're spending your day running the business. Right. Right. (laughs) It's not what admins sign up to do, right? You don't sign up to, to be waiting for, for a spreadsheet to import all day. Exactly. (laughs) It, it it wasn't. I, I hope it wasn't why you sought the job. <laughs> and maybe it's the stepping stone. You know, I've definitely have worked with some folks that yeah, yeah, that, no. <laughs> that is the job, and that's okay. But you know, yeah. what we want to be doing is providing even more value to the business, and that's that's an opportunity cost that we are that we are taking when there's something like this, right? And and hopefully, if you've got the good fortune of having an ops intern, you are assigning them more interesting projects and helping them to to grow in their careers. They're just handing off list imports to them and absolutely <laughs> giving yes, them the grunt work. <laughs> um, you had also mentioned the, the sync issues and now that can really be a, a business case to build. Um, if you have sync sync issues that are impacting things like request to demo or, you know, contact sales mm-hmm. requests. And those are the things that, convert the highest for most organizations. Um, I don't know. Did you have any examples mm-hmm. of those um, that you worked on yet? There, it's So it's most likely to become an issue when you're dealing with large numbers. Okay. And that could mean maybe you did an email campaign that's promoting a particular asset. And then you have a lot of traffic going to that asset at the same sure. time, right? And then maybe... Your marketing automation platform is trying to sync all those updates into Salesforce at the same time. And a well-designed integration is going to do those in batches. It's going to send over like 200 updates at a time or insert 200 records at a time over to Salesforce. Uh, And that's where you're most likely to encounter errors is when it's being done at scale. Uh, List imports are a really common one. I suppose you have a ton of people who uh, scanned in at your booth at a trade show, and you're now trying to hand those people off to sales. 
and so you're importing a list of of hundreds of people. Uh, that's where it's likely to encounter errors, and it could mean that those people don't actually get handed over to sales the way that you're expecting sure. them to, because yeah. it failed the sync. Yeah, nothing is. I mean, you know, we should all be checking our work after we do it, right? We do a list upload, go into Salesforce, yes. check, <laughs> make sure that everybody's in your campaign. But nothing is worse than. I only got 20 of my 200 and now I have to, you know, get that, yeah. get that triple <laughs> shot throughout. Um, definitely frustrating. And I think I, I don't, I don't, I, right. here's an honest question for you. Would you consider technical debt something like uh, fields that have like restricted pick list values and you have values on the Salesforce side that don't match what your marketing automation platform has. And then that's causing an issue. Or would you say that that's something slightly different? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's more of a, like okay. architecture flaw Yeah. question. I mean, it certainly it relates, uh, and there's, I mean, in any project, there's going to be like little, I mean, it's, it's a little right. bug that pops up, right. And there's an inevitable amount of, of going back and fixing little bugs in a, uh, um, like in a flexible sure, manner. Sure. Yeah. I just. That is an endless project. And if it gets put off, it then accumulates. it accumulates. And, and, and that to me is where I'm like, oh, sometimes it's like the small things that are technical debt if you're not paying that cost, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, Grant, we understand why it needs to be prioritized. We've gotten some examples of how it can be prioritized. Um, one of the questions that I have for you is, how can we prevent it from happening in the first place? Are there things that we can do today, even if this is not a prioritized project, that we can do to at least make it not as bad? Absolutely. Uh, I think the number one thing that comes to mind for me is having a really clear change management process. And that's something that can take just time for your admins to put together. Uh, having, I think, a stable admin team is really Helps. important <laughs> for for those of you who are dealing with a an unstable admin team. You're probably like, oh, gee, yeah, you think <laughs> Grant? Thanks, great advice there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get on that. <laughs> but uh, keep your admins happy. Don't let them leave. <laughs> um, I think, you know, taking the time to to document and set up what that change management process looks like and what kind of testing is expected for changes where you draw the line between what qualifies as like a major change that needs say extensive testing in sandbox versus a small change that can move forward with like minimal testing uh, that's something that takes some time to develop but i do recommend that you doc that you document and clarify what that process is and for the uh, the other ops people who are working with your admins make sure that that's visible to them and that people know it um, I think that learning and development for your admin team is critical as well. Um, I think sometimes the biggest challenge to cleaning up technical debt is is the know-how for, for how to use the new tools or how to uh, be able to reverse engineer what was already there and implement something new and making sure that your admins are able to prioritize the time and have the resources, maybe training available to, for example, learn how to use Salesforce flows and build them well. 
so that you can stop using Process Builder. Yeah, I mean, uh, people who've been doing this work for a while might be, you know, you're comfortable using the old tool. You feel like you've mastered it. You you know how to do it well, and you might be hesitant about taking on a somewhat you know, complex and intimidating feature like Salesforce Flow, because uh, there's a lot to it, and it can be a little overwhelming sure. when you're first I mean, getting started. You talk about that comfort, and I think I always laugh because you know Salesforce has three major releases that they do every year. I think that's still the case, right? And they are mat like they're pretty massive. Like right. <laughs> there are, there are yeah. a lot of pages <laughs> of updates, and if you are an admin who has been comfortable using a tool, maybe learned a new tool, right? We migrated from workflows into process builder. Now we're going to migrate from process builder into flows um, or any of the other variety of tools. If, if you haven't had time to really absorb what is new in the system, you may be solving something that like your your platform has solved for you. And as a result, you are introducing additional risk and additional debt just to solve those kind of one-offs. And there could absolutely be things that you assumed were just a necessary evil before. And, and you didn't, you don't realize that there's now like a much cleaner, efficient way yeah. of accomplishing the same goal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with newer features. Um, I'm thinking about my, some of my experience with HubSpot recently. Um, and, and I, I found out that they, that they are, they have kind of like this beta feature for, for trigger criteria where you can actually trigger based on like field updates and it, and it works just slightly different than how you would normally have done it on the HubSpot side, but it like, it can change mm. entire processes. Or I think about like when Marketo introduced executable campaigns, we, we were able to like fundamentally yes. change how <laughs> we could architect within Marketo. And if you don't take time to be able to learn that and you don't give your teams time to be enabled on that, you are losing out on so much potential um, and so much potential to make things more efficient and effective and, and just run mm -hmm. smoothly. Absolutely. I mean, executable campaigns at Marketo are a great example. I'm glad you brought that up because it, it fixed the ops headache or at least made it a lot better of yes. managing the order of things. So that was always uh, a little bit of a challenge in Marketo and, and a headache for admins, trying to make sure that things actually happen in the right order. And that was just such a, a great tool. And uh, I hope people haven't been hesitant about trying it out. Try out executable 100%. campaigns. I know all of my clients that I work on with with uh, with those projects, they just they leave like loving it because it's what we've always wanted. And yeah. now we have the ability <laughs> to do it, you know. Yep. <laughs> And it can be scary trying out new features. Um, you know, they it hasn't always been super well tested when things get released, or to the to the degree to which you you might hope for. Um, companies have made mistakes in the past when it comes to that, and so you have to exercise a degree of caution. Maybe try things out in a fairly isolated manner at first, to where you know if something is going wrong with it, it's not a super business critical process. Um, but you've got to try it out. Absolutely. Yeah, you've yeah, got to learn those definitely. new tools. Fantastic. Um, is there anything else that you want to share in terms of metrics and measurement? Um, you know, we talked about reduction in, in processing time, anything else that you can think of um, that would be helpful for the teams as they are trying to escalate this up? 
I would recommend brainstorming with your team. Uh, anything that can actually be brought into table form. And if you can bring something into table form, then you can bring it into yeah. a bar graph form, right? And there's nothing that leadership loves more <laughs> than a good bar graph. Yes. Uh, than a good chart, right? <laughs> um, and that could mean exploring uh, sync logs or error logs. Uh, with the last customer I did this project with, we didn't have access to Marketo uh, with them. And so I couldn't, like, I would have loved to have gotten in there and exported those error logs and seen if I could actually um, measure the difference in like which errors yeah. were happening and how frequently and be able to to put that out with the percentage and get it on a before versus after comparison. Um, but, but really explore anywhere that you think you can actually export data and compare sure, before versus sure. after. I know there's a, there's a graphic that we, that we use often. That's just like, it's a baseline graphic, but it's just also showing the processing time of a process builder versus a before save flow. Mm -hmm. And anytime that I show that to a client, like it just clicks right away. Like, Oh, I see the big difference there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so if you can, it, first of all, like you could use that and, and maybe we can share a link to that file. Mm -hmm. Um, but what we could absolutely what we could also say is I've seen some great visuals from you in those projects, and we'll go through that on our next podcast, go into a little bit more detail. But being able to show that before and after, and you have you know the giant bar graph of how long it took before down to this is where we're at in current mm -hmm. state. I mean that's that's something that can absolutely sell. Um, so you know the. Mops mm -hmm. folks, we don't often get the opportunity to to maybe deliver uh, feedback like this about what's going on in the organization. But the more that we mm -hmm. can visualize it and make it actionable, the better. Absolutely. Uh, it, it pays to take the time For to sure. run through and put that data together. Um, it One, one of my frust most frustrating points as an admin was was just showing that justification in order to get the resources and time dedicated to fixing what we all knew the problem was. Uh, but even just putting together that that data can take some time, and that's that's where it can be a struggle. So it it like get a meeting on the books with your admin team, uh, and and do that brainstorm to think through like how can we actually measure this. Take the time to do some research about how you can measure it. Uh, it'll it'll really pay to show Absolutely. the Fantastic. difference. Fantastic, um, Grant. Any closing thoughts that you may want to share with the team on on this side of the house of you know getting the projects prioritized, how we got here, anything like that? Uh, just a reminder to to get those graphs together. <laughs> anything that you can get into a table, get it into a table, and then make good use of color. Uh, try to keep the graphic as like simple and maybe simple is the wrong word, but but like cut to the chase. Like what is the the three key metrics that really show the change in what this means for integrations or your admin team as far as reduction in wasted time or uh, a reduction in errors occurring? Like whatever it is, like stay on stay on message with it don't dive too much into the technical detail 
but but have that there and, and ready to justify your work. Awesome. Grant, thank you so much for your time here. Um, if there was if if there was like one thing that you've seen people get wrong when it comes to technical debt, anything that anything in, in mind? Mm. Load testing. When you when you're doing a change, do load testing. Uh, not gonna drop any names here, of course, but I can think of of one organization from the past where they had a bunch of old Apex code. Uh, their admin was leaving. They wanted to clean up all of this Apex code that they'd written in Salesforce, and so they kind of rebuilt it all as flows and like kind of a a fast manner on their way out. <laughs> because they didn't want whoever came next to be stuck with their old code. Very noble cause, absolutely supportive, but they didn't do load testing. And then there were a number of things that um, that were broken as a result of that, where the process worked when there was, say, one lead yeah. or one opportunity running through it, but then it broke down when there were multiple records running through it together. Uh, Salesforce has a lot of nuance for how it handles uh, multiple records being part of the same change. Uh, so always do load testing. Yeah. And you can, you can utilize that in whatever tool that you're doing, right? You're building out lists to do an upload. You know, you can do that in marketing automation platforms to test your changes. You can do that in Salesforce, mm -hmm. delete the records after you've gone through and, and finished it up, especially on the, on the Marketo side where you may not be operating out of a sandbox, maybe a little bit, a little bit <laughs> more straightforward to do in a developer sandbox, but always having that opportunity is key. Right. <laughs> awesome. Grant, Absolutely. thank you so much for your time. And thank you to everybody who has listened to the episode. Uh, if you found this episode useful, please give us a like. Um, please give us a review if you're listening to it on a podcast service. We really do appreciate it. This has been the Forward Thinking Podcast. Have a great day.